Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Hello, and uh, if you just missed the first half an hour of the show, we did speak to the CEO of the APL, Danny Townsend, and you might be wondering why there you can't see George right now, but George is joining us through Zoom, and uh, lucky enough to be joined by a special guest. George, you, you can intro him. This is your show. I'll let you do it. <laughs> uh, Pakua Frimpong is my co-host and has been for quite some time. I've really enjoyed uh, learning so much more about the game, the women's game especially. And our special guest is the uh, man who was born in Canberra back in 1973 when things were bubbling along in the national capital. It was a much sweeter place, uh, not nearly as uh, as busy as it is today. Um, he's, uh, from memory, one of our most cultured defenders. He played professionally for about 13 years. Um, he's represented, well, just about everybody. He's represented Australia as a Socceroo, an Oliroo, and a young Socceroo when the team finished fourth in the World Cup, in the World Youth Cup back in 1993. Um, but his natural talent, I think, is, you know, basically being, bringing people together to play as a team. And um, he's been quite something. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thrilled a bit's to talk about uh, the cap, the, sorry, the manager of the history-making Sydney FC women's side, the Liberty A-League women's side, Sydney FC, Ante Juric. How are you, Ante? Uh, good, thanks, George. I'm a little bit humbled by that introduction. Mate. No, <laughs> mate. I, Thank I you could, so much. Um, mate, yeah. mate, I'm, a, as you know, a lifelong and tragic Sydney Olympic fan. I remember your role, your the, the, the times that you played for the club, I remember you being outstanding, um, uh, even playing injured, uh, dislocated yeah. elbows. Never mind, I got a job <laughs> to do. Um, do where where did that passion come from, Ante? Was it your grandfather? Was it your dad? Was it you know your your siblings? What was yeah, it? Yeah, probably probably my siblings. My dad was uh, just a builder, never into sport. Uh, my mum drove me everywhere, but I don't think she played sport. They came from a village in Croatia. Um, but I did start, I, I always um, say this about my brother. So when he started, he's, he's I think, five, four years younger, older than me. Um, so when he started, I just followed. And as a four or five-year-old following your older brother, just to training and uh, started from there and then backyard games and stuff like that. And I just, yeah, I, you can't explain it, but I, yeah, since then have loved it to this day. I love it. And I'm just proud that I can uh, be in the game still. You know, when you guys um, played in the World Youth Cup uh, and lost to Brazil, um, that was that was a pretty hot side. Uh, can you take us back and remind us? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was unbelievable memories. I just remember <laughs> crying on that day. Uh, Craig I'm Moore, crying now. Musket. Yeah, we were so close, but yet so far. I think Brazil did destroy us in that semi-final. But we hung in there until uh, until the last, I think, four or five minutes, and then they got a second. But it was a packed house in the old Olympic uh, Park or Stadium, was it Park yeah, in yeah. Melbourne? Um, 
it was just fantastic because there was a big hype as 18, 19 year old kids, 40,000 uh, capacity at, in Sydney and uh, just, yeah, to be a youth tournament, to be that big, um, it's exciting. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, good times. I think Agostino, Milicic, uh, yeah, there was a few good players in that team uh, uh, that obviously went on to bigger and better things. But um, yeah, it was fantastic. Good memories. Can you remember any of the boys uh, playing for Brazil? Yeah, the, well, the biggest name was um, Dida. So he played for AC Milan, I think, for 15 years and, and stuff like that. Um, there was a couple others who, uh, Savio played for Real Madrid. Um, Cate was a championship, world club championship winner, I think, with Santos. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there was a few, you know, uh, Gian and Jan, who were the biggest players at the tournament. I'm not sure if they kicked on to the national team, but they were huge at that time. I think they got the player of the tournament. So, um, so yeah, there were some big players. But Dida was probably the biggest in terms of, obviously, going AC Milan. I think he won Champions League, went to World Cups. Uh, so it was quite huge, yeah, in terms of that. Uh, my co-host, Pakur Frimpong, has been telling me about uh, this hot side from Sydney and uh, the job that you've been doing uh, for, uh, all year. Uh, he, she said to me, watch out for Western United, but... At the end, when I asked her when it mattered most, who would get it up? She said, Sydney. So she's been, a, she's had a great eye. She's a, a tough, she's tough to please. The only negative, and I say this openly so people can't say I'm picking on her, she's an Arsenal fan, you know, and I'm a Tottenham no, no, boy. No. And I, I, no, uh, she's, I've been going through a tough time and then you bring this up, George. We're going through a tough time. I'd say I want to I wanna ask, obviously, uh, I spoke to Charlotte McLean on uh, Radio Dub earlier this season and she talks about how the premiership was a big goal for you guys because no one else had ever done it and, and you guys have managed to, and you specifically have managed to create a great culture with at Sydney FC, where there's constant development of your players. Who you can see the like the trajectory of their career. They come in. They, they a lot of them are still raw talents, and they become really settled in the Sydney FC squad. And then they get to push on into Matildas like Courtney Vines and things like that. How was it that you're able to develop such a strong culture there that's able to be sustainable and? replicated every season even when there are different players that come in um i don't know i get asked that a lot i guess i just <laughs> legitimate I reason aren't it yeah, legitimate yeah, reason. So. everyone so. wants I, a piece I, of the action maybe maybe I, I don't know i don't know and I, I don't like answering because you sound like you're you're a know-it-all or ego yeah, yeah, yeah. but i firstly i just believe in good people um if you can find good people and you, you do your research on that, that goes a huge way, huge way, uh, way to culture. Um, you know, in football and life, there's, you know, I call them cancerous people that are negative and down and try and find ish, uh, problems. I try and eliminate that and then you're a long way there. Um, then you try and find like-minded people, winners. And you can see that when you're watching op- your players you want to target, you know, how do they work, how do they Operate? Do they work hard? Do they always um, try and do the right thing? Disciplined. Um, so that's you know number two, I guess. And then, then obviously you need ability and, and the players that fit in. And our girls, uh, one are good people. They're good players. Um, and I had a look at their sort of attitudes, uh, and they're the players I wanted. Some I knew already, so I had a um, you know I knew them as 14, 15 year olds, so I knew their character beforehand. So that probably gave me the luxury of. Just going, yeah, let's take her, let's take her. Um, some were um, 
yeah, like I said, some came because I coached him in the junior Matildas and things like that. So I guess knowing what you want, um, that's worked for me um, in terms of that. And just from what I've seen in success when I was a player and what you see around the world, you, you need those things in the team. So good people, people that work hard, that are selfless. Um, and that creates a good culture. Um, I remember Ange once saying to someone, or I overheard it, and I actually thought, I go, you know, that's 100%. Without knowing the way you build culture, he said something. You can't build culture, but you've got to bring in good people. And I thought, that's spot on because the people make the culture, even though it's driven by leaders. But if you've got crap people in your environment, it doesn't matter what you do or what you say, they're not, you know, they'll only follow when it suits themselves. So I'm proud of what we've got. And you know what you're doing? You're, you're effectively reiterating uh, what Ange Postacoglu and others of, of that ilk, that top end ilk, have always, look, even Pep will tell you, yeah. he's always looking for great characters. Yeah, 100%. People, people yeah. of character and people yeah. with that hunger, not to be troublemakers, but to be winners. And I've said it in business and I say it in life, and we have a tremendous crew at FNR. And over the last half a dozen years, we're, we've, we've sprouted the, the, the fact that we're the voice of the game uh, as best we can. But the most important thing is we've, we're breeding the next crop of j- young journalists and commentators. And yeah. e- each one of them is happy to work with the other. And I think yeah, that's no. also a great thing, isn't it? The ability to work a- together. Yeah, yeah, enormous. And, and again, being selfless, doing things for each other rather than yourself. Um, I, I do that as a coach, and I think that I hope and I think it works, and I'm sure it does. It's where I'm selfless. You know, I'm not above anyone. My girls know that I care about them, that I'll do anything. I'll pick up every water bottle if I have to. <laughs> so you lead by example, you're humble, um, and then they do the same to you and for you and for each other. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, I totally agree with what you just said. And- uh, State of our Football Nation on FNR, our special guest, Ante Juric, the uh, history maker at the Sydney FC, the Liberty Women's uh, A-League uh, champions. Uh, three years running, is that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. Only for four, but yeah. Wow. I've always thought um, premierships, even though the grand final was sweet, uh, let me tell you, uh, but I've always thought premierships are more important than yeah. even though I live in Australia and we live in Australia, but... Uh, win the premierships year after year just shows you you are the best team in the nation regardless of what happens in a grand final. But that's me and old school. Uh-oh. No, no, no. You you be as you be as old school or new school as you like. Bakura's not complaining. She she understands <laughs> I... that the side that that can cope with all the challenges thrown at it, with injuries, uh, with refereeing decisions, with bad luck, you know, uh, life is about solving problems. And bouncing back from bad times, and you've, and each season, you, you, as Pakua said, you, despite whatever happens, you seem to have this knack of getting them back year in, year out, and delivering the goods, and that's wonderful. Yeah, and, and yeah, it is, and credit to obviously the girls and the staff. But uh, one of the biggest things on top of that, um, which is what you said is hundred percent, is when you are successful, and this is probably what I uh, draw on a lot recently is when you are successful and you're on top, it is damn hard to stay there. Not many people do it. Some often win one and then they don't win for a couple of years. So that's what we draw on. That's what we're, our goal is to keep succeeding when everyone wants to beat you. Um, every single game, everyone's playing maximum against you. So to be in a psychological place to keep going is special. And that's what I'm really, really proud of and why I'm proud that we've won these premierships and 
obviously now the grand final this year. I, I want to ask, Ante, in terms of obviously the landscape of the dub is, is changing with a lot of more players leaving and going abroad and, and into a lot of inter, uh, other teams in the competition getting international players and bringing them in. How would is that change up the way you look ahead for Sydney FC? Obviously, you've signed the extension with the club, extension of getting in new players from abroad and the scouting process. Because obviously, you've brought in Madison Haley this season and she's been incredibly successful, even though she had that little spell with injury. How do you go about that and finding those players and, and still keeping yourselves at the top of the, essentially being the leaders in the pack? Yeah, well, firstly, we try, or I try to predominantly keep. Uh, the squad as Australians. Um, so if I can get 22 players that are all Australian, I will will do that. Um, you know, last year, I think we had one foreign. And the year before, we had none. Uh, this year, we had Anna Green and Maddie uh, Haley. Um, so if I believe we need something, which was the case, especially with Maddie, where I couldn't have a, couldn't find a nine within Australia, I knew Remy would leave uh, to go to Leicester. So we knew that before the season. So I had to find something. So... Um, and then it's just a matter of scouting or, you know, people sending you in videos and you analysing those and um, and then deciding what to do. Um, so, and I'm not a fan of bringing in just any kind of foreigner. I'd rather keep the Aussies if I had to or, or use a young player. But Maddie fit in well and we definitely needed her this year and she was a big difference in the grand final. Uh, Andy Urich is our special guest. We spoke to Danny Townsend who, of course, uh, is the CEO of the APL, the Australian Professional Leagues, which run the A-League men's, the women's. Uh, and we talked about a whole bunch of things, but one of the things we touched on was the Women's World Cup and its ability to act as a tremendous catalyst to boost the game. Do you think it will? I think a lot of people um, don't, have no idea how big it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be enormous. But you're, you've, and I, I don't want to be negative here because I'm sure we will do something. But um, you've been around a lot where we've been on a high, you know, I've been in the game for 40 years, 30, 30 years, I guess, playing and coaching. Um, there's been so many highs, you know, even our youngs when we were in the World Youth Cup, there was other things happening when we've done well in World Cups or, uh, I don't, and even the girls that, you know, had a big high a few years ago. We just don't capitalise, so I hope Danny, and Danny's a smart um, operator in my opinion, um, it's definitely something we can capitalise on. We just need to be smart and capitalise on it. You know, it's easy said than done probably, I guess, because um, I'm not in that position. I don't know exactly what you have to do, but we need to get uh, sponsors in. We need to get uh, facilities in, use the government, uh, you know, where we can. But I don't think we've capitalised in the past. Um, so, yes... I'm very confident. I hope we do it, but you know, I don't want it to be all talk. Or in a year's time, we say, "Oh, you know what? That was great, but that's all. That was just memories." Um, but we haven't done things to go fighting, forward. Fighting words from under Urich. I love it. Uh, Pakua tells me there's a um, Canberra men's team coming, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I hope so. It's a it's a bit of a dream of mine to see them in, and yeah, you know, yeah. You know, while I'm at Sydney, I obviously support Sydney, but. If a Canberra team came in, I'd support them, and yeah, you know, who knows, one day maybe be around for that. But it's yeah, I'm so because I was born and bred, and I left Canberra when I was 19, and my family's still there. So you know, I have a soft spot for Canberra, and I always go home. So where was yeah, your I home ground? Every... Where was your home ground in Canberra? Well, I played for Canberra Croatia, so they played in the New South Wales comp when I was growing up. So Deacon Oval back Deacon. then. Um, that was yeah, it. Deacon. Got cold there. 
Yeah, oh, Canberra was cold in general. Yeah, yeah, it was very cold. But Ned Zelich came from there. George Colescar played there. There's yeah. a few. So Joe Simonich. So it's a big, big club in terms of getting a few players through to a huge stage. Um, how many years yeah, difference is it? How many difference do you uh, years difference between you, Ned Zelich, and Simonich? I think it's about three each way. So I used to look up to Ned, and he was only like. <laughs> He'd like you know, to hear 16, that. He, yeah, he'd, he'd, like, he'd like, like to hear 20, that. And I'm 16, 17, and I remember having, back in the day, there was no internet or anything. I used to just cut paper clippings out when he was in the newspaper. <laughs> uh, because he's a guy that played for Australia at 19, and I'm like, and I sort of played like him. Yeah, he was like a, a god to me. And then Simonich, I just remember Simonich, funny enough, he was like 13 or 14 doing juggling at halftime during the games I used to play when I was a first grade, you know, in Canberra, Croatia there. So, yeah, probably three or four years difference from me to Ned, and then younger was Sip. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Look, it's been. I was just going to say, Pakur wants to jump in. No, Go I was ahead. just going to say, Ante. I saw a photo of Courtney Vine wearing uh, a shirt with your <laughs> you and your playing days on there. Are we going to get if there's a new Canberra team? Are we going to see the return of Ante on the football pitch? Is that what's going to happen? Ooh. Oh, if you saw me, oh, you've surely seen photos of me recently. There's no chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wish I could play. It's the best thing in the world, but uh, definitely won't be playing. Uh, I've got no pace. Uh, it, walking football, maybe, but that's as far as I'll go. You know, there's a guy called Peter Catholis. He he must be, yeah. he must be, what is he, 60? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, but I, think he played I, recently, I reckon he could still play for Arpia in the NPL. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had a Legends game, I think, Olympic and Arpia. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and they invited me, but I can't even run. So <laughs> no, no, you're smart. You're play. smart. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, smart. Those days are over. I don't want to embarrass myself. Actually, no. I think now they go. <laughs> Listen, that's yeah. shrewd. Can I can I just say to you, um, you know, with this contract that you've signed, um, if you fulfil this, it's it's you, it's Alan Stadich, one two. That's not a bad effort for a young boy who, uh, <laughs> you know. Thought about doing this and that. It, that'd be a tremendous achievement because yeah, Alan, oh, like, Alan has done some wonderful things and continue continues to do some wonderful things with the, the Philippines. Yes, that stage is a good mate of mine actually, and we've you know crossed paths a lot and even worked together a bit in with the Matildas and a yep. few things before. Obviously, he, he was moved on and I was moved on there. It's um, yeah, good guys, successful, very very. Hardworking and um, yeah, he's uh, in the Hall of Fame of Sydney FC. So hopefully one day I can follow. I think my record's better than his now. I've got to. <laughs> I think I think I've overtaken him, but um, I think he's got more coaches, games coached. But I think maybe I've got more trophies now. But no, nah, but he's a legend. So I'm. Uh, you know, you know, you know, you know what that reminds me. You know what that reminds me. It reminds me that your combative juices haven't <laughs> diminished, nah. and, and I, it explains why you're still winning, my friend. Listen, yeah. can I just say thank you very much for, for no, no giving us the time. What's next? Ante, I know there's a contract, but what's next? Um, well, someone asked me that after the grand final going up. So what do you want to get to do and achieve? And what, what's uh, because you want everything and, you know, surely you want to look elsewhere. Mine, while I'm involved, obviously you want to potentially take national teams or something. But if that happens, it happens. But I'm happy at Sydney. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And the next goal is to win another double because no one's ever done it. The next goal is to get as many of my girls in the Aussie team. Like, there's always something if you have that drive and that's what you're about. And, yeah, there's never going to be a day where I'll go, oh, I've done everything because that's never true. Why can't we get 
five premierships in a row. You know, so I'm always looking forward and beyond. Before we let you go, Ante, obviously you've got you've got a decent amount of players at the moment who've been there in the last three years who are in the Matildas, uh, you know, run at the moment or in and out. Who is a player from your current squad that you think probably deserves, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more recognition? Because I look at a player like Mackenzie Hawksby, and for me, she's one of the most crucial parts to any team, and particularly your team going forward and even going back. And she's so skillful. Who's a player that you think deserves a, a more look in for the Matildas? Um, it's probably I'm going to say all of them deserve it, but the most ready for now um, is Maka, 100 percent. Um, Charlotte McLean, 100%. Princess, 100%. Uh, Jada, 100%. Um, and I'll probably add Tobin, 100%, who are ready to be in any camps or any kind of wow. games easily. That's good. The rest yeah. of the five, eventually in two or three years, Charlie Rule, Fenton, and I'm only going through the starters and recently Hunter. Um, you know, these girls, in my opinion, will be the new Sam Kerrs and Van Eggmans and the new era. And so that's what I'm really proud of because I know they'll be national team players and everyone will know them in two or three years if they don't know them already. Uh, Ante, bless you, my boy. All the very best going forward. Uh, have a have a great break. How long before you start training them again? Well, it depends when we start, probably two or three months because I think we were in a Champions League, uh, make-up Champions League thing now, which is good, which is a first for a while. Um, I heard that's in sometime, maybe October or November. So, yeah. yeah, maybe August or something we'll get together again. But there's a bit of time with women's football because obviously it's not a lot of weeks um, in the season. So, so but yeah, time, a couple of time, months. Time on. for you to get fit, huh? Yeah, 100%. Someone <laughs> said that the other day. I need to get fit before the next season. So 100%, yeah. Let's uh, bless you, mate. Well done. Ante Yurich, our much. special guest, joining us on Thanks. State of Our Football Nation. Until next time, Ante, all the very best Thanks. in Thank the off-season. Thanks. And Thanks for the was good. Our pleasure. Uh, Pakua, you, you did awfully well holding this thing together. <laughs> no, no, all you, George. I learn, I take from your lead, absolutely. <laughs> Have, well, until next week then, Pakua. Thank Thanks. you so much. Bye, Ante. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.